Hey, it's time for the MyMac Podcast number 215. This week we've got a special guest, Victor, from the Typical Mac User Podcast. You're listening to the MyMac.com Podcast with your host, Tim Robertson. And we're two weeks away from the awesome fun that Macworld Expo is going to be. And Guy Sherrill, you're going to be there. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, and seeing how this could very well be the very last Macworld. Mm, I, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, they may have one next year, but uh, what's you know, what's going to happen without Apple being there? If a, if a tree is cut down in the forest and there is no one there to hear it, does it actually happen? Is that how that saying goes? Yeah, uh, something like that's the way it happens in Florida. We yeah. were just talking about that earlier. <laughs> uh, David Cohen, hello. Hello. So what are you expecting to uh, do during that week of Macworld Expo? Going to be at the computer a whole lot, checking on what's going on and that sort of thing? Yeah, basically um, because of the time difference, I'll be coming home from work and immediately hitting the internet to find out what's going on. Really fun podcast. It's called Typical Mac User. We have the host of that show, Victor. Hello, Victor. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Hey, I saw you in the chat room last week while we were chatting, and I was like typing, hey, you want to come on the show? And you're sit- sitting in a Starbucks, I think you said? No, uh, that's a pretty common place for me to sit. It's the only place I can have a cigar outside and not get busted by the wife. So, oh, yeah. gosh, I know how that is. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on the show, chatting a little bit before the Macworld Expo craziness begins. I take it that you're going to be there. I am. I am going to be there. Looking forward to uh, seeing what transpires. So what is your big plans for the Macworld Expo, Victor? I mean, I see, or I, I remember seeing you a couple times last year, but typically what's your agenda at the Macworld Expo? Well, last year was my first year. So, and, and I went in and totally, um, I just recorded everything. I was doing videotape for the show and barely got to really consume it in a way that was meaningful because it was all about bringing back stuff. And I did. I brought back 26 videos. Wow. This year, I'm going to take a little different approach and uh, pace myself. I have a, a bunch of meetings with the vendors, and I'm going to do photo journaling. Actually, I'm, instead of video, I'm going to uh, do to photo journal my experience. So it's going to be fun. It's gonna. I'm looking forward to watching that myself. Are you going to post it up on like Mobile Me? Are you hosting them yourself, or is it going to be... Uh, what, what service do you use to host those? Well, actually, I'm going to be using something called Slidecast, uh, oh. and uh, and it's a service that lets you take audio, so I can record audio uh, before and then take the pictures and meld them in with the audio at post production. So it's real easy. It's like uh, doing an enhanced podcast, but for everybody. Then I can just put that on any site and it can be viewed. You don't have to download it. So I'm going to try for the first time and. Yeah, it works out. That's kind of a new system or service. Yeah, what's, I, that, I, what's that called again? Yeah, Slidecast is what they call it. Oh, Slidecast. Okay. Yeah, let me see the site where it's at because the site itself is not Slidecast. So let me. Yeah, uh, slideshare.net. Thank you very much. You're much quicker than I am. And yeah, slideshare.net. And it's cool because you can take any pre recorded audio that you have and mashing up the slides to it. It's super easy. You just create a keynote, put it in a PDF, and then simply put markers where you want the new slide to appear within your pre-recorded audio. Your audio is hosted on your own site. The Slidecast people uh, host the PDF of the keynote, and there you go. You're, you're off to the races. It's a pretty cool service. I've seen more and more people starting to use that lately. Um, I really became aware of it about a month and a half ago, 
And it, it's one of those technologies that you, when you see it in action, you're like, wow, that's that's pretty easy and pretty cool to use. And I think that's probably going to take off over the next two years. What do you think? I think so for sure. I'm gonna, I'm starting a new show, you know, Crazy Me in January. I'm starting the typical Shutterbug podcast oh. all about photography. And uh, so it's, I just think it's a great way, since that show will be focused not only for Mac people, I wanted to find something that I could use where no matter what computer you were using, you could get the content on the site. And I think this is going to be the key. And obviously, it's going to be a very visually oriented show. Is that going right. to be? Are, so, so are they Are they actually, uh, can you host your podcast through their service? No, uh, actually, the audio files, you host yourself wherever you have them, in my case, Libsyn. And that's the beauty of it, is I can have my audio at one place where I'm used to having it. And then I can just link to this uh, video portion of it, if you will, this picture portion of it, right through the slidecast. But then embed that into my own site or anywhere else I want. So you don't oh, okay. have to go to their site to look at it. You can embed it anywhere you want, and it plays like a Flash movie or anything else would. Oh, very nice. Photography really seems to be on a, a resurgence again. Why do you think that is, David Cohen? I mean, I'm hearing more and more people talking about photography in the last six months than I have over the last couple of years. I, I think the the thing is the uh, price of cameras has come down to the point that you can get something you know which which just only a few years ago would have been a pro quality camera. You can get that now for just a few hundred dollars, uh, and and if you get a a digital SLR, you can really um, you know that coupled with a large memory card, you can take a lot of really good quality pictures, and uh, you know the software workflow is there to to edit those out and get you know get get some really good uh, quality content out. So I think that's why uh, people are really into it. What camera are you using, Victor? I just, uh, for Christmas, got a D90. Oh, I mean, man. Uh, D90. Oh, Nikon. And, yeah, Nikon. I was a, been a Nikon guy for a long time. Had a D70 before that. Uh, and then I'm using an 18 to 200 zoom uh, that I bought. Nice. I just bought the body wow. of the camera. Yeah, a beautiful setup. But I consider myself very much like when I started the typical Mac user podcast. I was new to the Mac. And so I used that really as a vehicle to learn. You know, I learned a little bit. I shared it. And so I want to do the same thing with photography. You know, I'm kind of a hacker at it, but I don't really know the principles well enough. So I figured this is one way that I'll learn it. I'll, yeah, you know, uh, I'll get into it, teach it, learn it. And then just like I did with Mac. And it's been that's a fun way for me to get engaged. Otherwise, I just drop it like a hot potato. It's just, you know, the, the bypassing fancy. Yeah, I've got the uh, the Eastern European version of the Nikon called the Zucon. I'm kidding. <laughs> OK. I wasn't sure if that was a joke or because yeah, well, me neither. <laughs> probably every, nobody been, else will get it either. I've been to some camera shops that would be a real camera, actually. <laughs> what is that new? Uh, yeah, no doubt. I remember uh, two years ago, Guy Searle and I went down to Fisherman's Wharf. We took a break from the Macworld Expo. And Guy, you were looking for cameras at that point, but they seemed to be a little bit pricey. And some of those, you know, little camera stalls were a little shady, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, I, w I was basically looking for a uh, a replacement for the the camcorder that I had been using at that particular time, and I, I did finally find one with that uh, that Canon FS100. Yeah, you still like that camera? Yeah, I still I still really do. I, I actually need to kind of get some stuff off of it because I've got a um, it's an eight eight meg SD card that's in it right now. And that'll hold roughly, I think, about an hour and a half to two hours worth of uh, of video at its at its highest uh, resolution. Which you know, it's not going to be HD, right? But when you're when you're talking about something that that you're going to view online, you know, we're we're not going to host HD files. That's just not going to happen at mymac.com. 
So now unless someone else starts picking up the tab, that's for sure. Pick up, yeah, pick, picks up the tab. <laughs> or, or, or big words hits, you know, the couple million sold mark. And even yeah. then, no, I'm buying a house. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But, um, yeah, so far I've, I've been, I've been really, really happy with it. Uh, the, the, the one big criteria I had for it, it, it had to be able to record in uh, wide format and it had to have an external microphone jack. And this was the first one that I'd seen, you know, within a reasonable price. It was around, you can get them for under 300 now, um, that I had seen that had pretty decent reviews. Yeah. Well, a couple uh, months ago, I did a video for my niece uh, for her wedding. And I used the Canon GL2, which I am uh, want to do on all my professional video work. Sure. And it takes just, you know, phenomenal video and it does widescreen and, um, you know, it's got all the hookups you can ever want. But lately I've been filming almost everything with either the old flip or the new flip micro, uh, my, oh, my, yeah, yeah. HD. Yeah. Minnow HD. HD. I think it's Minnow. I think that's Minnow, what it's supposed yeah. to be. That is, that really looks like an amazing camera. Well, you know, here's the, the, the flip side of everyone starting to talk about photography oh, again is. Flip. Oh, oh. Is everyone, yeah, there you go. I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> Everybody seems to be talking about video again. Um, when when iMovie first launched on the iMac and Macs in general, but on the iMac was where it really kind of made its mark. Um, everybody who started really getting into video and it kind of fizzled out. And lately, within the last year or so, and I and I kind of attribute this to the flip phenomenon, everyone is starting to go video again. And... Uh, I just realized I am not recording this on Ustream. <laughs> Hello, Ustream video. <laughs> it's broadcasting, but I wasn't recording, so we're ten minutes in the show, and I I remember to hit the record button. Um, yeah, but at least the people that are that are uh, yeah, the people that matter, the ones that are actually watching it live, they've been seeing right. it. So they're they're part of this special group. That's right. Um, but I'm seeing a resurgence in video too, and I'm kind of attributing that to these flash-based video cameras. And I like the flip. Don't get me wrong. Um, the picture quality on the new flip minnow HD is just, it's phenomenal for what it is. The problem is there's no image stabilization built in at all. And I'm, I'm noticing that even on nice, slow, steady pans, it still seems a little herky jerky to me. So I'm, I'm not really happy with that, but that's what I've been using to film, you know, stuff around the house, the, the one year old walking and playing and, you know, that sort of thing, just family moments, which is, I think, the strong suit for a, a, a camera like sure. the flip. It's you're not gonna go. I'm not gonna go grab the Canon GL when the kids <laughs> are just playing. You know, it's right. because it takes tapes and it. You know, it's right, well, kind of big that, and bulky. By the time you finally get the whole thing set up and you start, they've stopped doing what, what you, they were yes. doing. They just kind of look at you like, no, I'm I've moved on from that day. Right, so but the little camera, I leave one sitting right next to the table where I sit on the couch, and it's just easy to pick up, click a button, and hit record. And uh, it works. It, it's not really good. Neither one of them are very good for low light conditions, like in a room with, you know, the, the curtains drawn and one light bulb going in the TV and that's it. Uh, you don't get the best picture. But, you know, for family stuff, it's fine. It's it's something that my wife and I will look at five years down the road or ten years, that sort of thing. And it's fine. And I, I kind of got used to that picture quality and video. And then I imported uh, because she my, my niece, going back to that wedding, she emailed me or called me a couple of days ago and says, can I get a copy of the video from my wedding? And I hadn't even done anything with it yet. I was like, Ugh. I was like, well, Oops. I can give you, you know, a DVD of the raw footage, but I haven't edited it and I haven't put, you know, the still pictures that you took there. It's, I haven't done anything with it. 
She says, that's okay. We just want to take it down south when we go visit his family. Uh, just the raw footage is fine. So I had to quickly, you know, export it from the camera. And um, I forgot how good video could really look. After messing oh, with the flip, the flip. Yeah. Right. And then I go back to the Canon. I'm looking at that footage and I'm like, good Lord, the difference is night and day. <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's like going from, yeah. from a, a, a Polaroid instant camera to, to Victor's camera. I mean, you just can't compare them, Vic. You know, what's really nice about the uh, whole image stabilization thing is that during Macworld, you'll be able to tell who really drank a lot the night before <laughs> by the quality yeah. of the flip image. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. I mean, this, this is the thing though. If you, I mean, you watch, you watch the news nowadays and half the time, the, even the news footage you see is, is either taken with a cell phone camera or something like a flip or a, a still camera that has a video mode and it's pretty poor quality. Uh, because then, you know, the news reporters, they want to get, they want to get footage from people who were actually there when the, you know, when whatever they're reporting about actually happened. Yes. So if, you know, if you see a fire or anything like that, you always end up with cell phone footage. And it's just horrible. Um, Which just looks awful. Uh, yeah. yeah, it does, it does look horrible, particularly when it's, when it's, you know, displayed on your 42 inch plasma TV. But the thing is, is, I, I think what it does underscore is the reason people use those cameras is because they always have them with them. And I think that's what, you know, things like YouTube and, and the flip cameras and those little cameras uh, are kind of, you know, encouraging people to do now, which is to actually think about shooting video in instances when they might not have thought about it before because they don't have to have a big camera rig with them. Victor, don't you think that the iPhone needs video capture built in? Yeah, especially since we all know it can do it. Uh, I definitely think it needs to be uh, – it just needs to be turned on. And I understand why it's not business reasons why it's not, but it's just uh, – I sure hope it happens in 09. Yeah, I understand the initial reasons that Apple was giving or not giving, I guess I should say. But at this point, so every camera out there or every phone out there does video capture, even the little cheap flip phones at this point. And, yes, the, the it's horrible video, but that's what people want. And as popular as the Flip is right now, if Apple came out with a new app for the iPhone that's video capture, and, you know, the cheapest one right now is going to give you 8 gigabytes, that's going to be plenty for, for good, you know, as good as the iPhone can really do. Yeah, even even with even with the limited camera that's built into the iPhone? I don't think that the iPhone's any worse than the Flip, to be honest. I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's what people want. I carry the Flip with me. And I carry the iPhone with me. If Apple simply came out with a video recorder for the iPhone, honestly, I probably wouldn't even use the Flip. As nice as the Flip is and as convenient as it is. And I'm going to bring both the Flips to the Macworld Expo because in years past, Guy, and uh, you and your brother Larry know this all too well, I was oh, yeah. bringing my whole camera setup, you know, the Canon GL. And um, it was just so bulky. It was too big. It wasn't convenient <clears throat> just to pull it out and start recording and, and capture some stuff and get it posted up on the, you know, I have to import it and it takes one to one because it, it's literally playing on your computer while you're importing right. it. Are, are you, you going to leave the, uh, the GL at home this time? Oh, absolutely. Yep. I'm just bringing the two flips and my iPhone. Yeah. Um, and I'll have, I'll have my little Canon. So yeah. So it, it, it's, it's just too easy. I pull out the flip. I'm going to do a lot of video, kind of like what Victor was saying, but, um, because my Mac has got, an, again, kind of a large staff that's going to be at the Macworld Expo this year, we have a lot more opportunity to get a lot of stuff on film. Um, I know John Nemo's going to concentrate on taking pictures this year, which I think is great. Because yeah. in some respects, I kind of like the pictures more. 
And I, and I think you're smart for doing this, Victor. People can flip through pictures quickly, whereas watching the video, that's a commitment. you got to sit there, hit play, and just stare at the video for a while. So I think you're smart for going the picture route. I really do. I don't know about smarter. Just, uh, I mean, last year, bringing back 26 videos that were three to eight minutes. I mean, I spent enormous amount of time, you know, post doing post production on those guys to get them ready. I'm, I'm just not, I don't have the time. Yeah. And, and the, the D90 does do high def video. So I'm going to experiment with that a little bit. That's kind of what I was going to ask you about. How do you see that, uh, the flip and those kind of smaller cameras, they're going to be in trouble because your camera will do HD recording and video. Well, my camera right now, it's got the limitation that it's got. It's the, the focus mechanism on the D90. The autofocus doesn't work when it's video mode. So you have to kind of, uh, you know, manual focus. And that can be a real inhibitor to that camera. As opposed to, I know the Canon, the new Canon, um, D50 Mark II, is it? I'm not sure if that's right. But then that one does do, uh, a great job of focus. I've heard, so, I've, I've looked at footage, test footage on that. And that's amazing. I mean, that's, but, that's rivaling some, you know, professional video camera quality. But the D90, once you focus it, it is a fantastic uh, video camera because you get you know, the whole concept of the depth of field and you're using the glass, whatever glass you own, that's what you're using to shoot video with. And it's amazing to, to see some of that. It's a lot of fun. As the price of flash memory comes down, David Cohen, do you think that video is only going to get more popular in some of these small cell phones? They'll start getting better capture? Uh, I, I'm not sure about the cell phones because I think you know the the cell phone manufacturers just kind of throw the uh, yeah. camera chips in there as an add-on, and, and the real real limitation of cell phones is not so much the uh, the, the sensors and the memory is that as much lens. as the, the lenses. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, the iPhone lens is is pretty bad, really. I mean, even the Flip can can sort of uh, you know has better light capture than an iPhone lens does. But I so I don't I don't see memory being the limitation. What what the memory cards do allow you to do is obviously if you do have a, a camera that, that can take high resolution is you can get a decent amount of footage onto a fairly cheap card, which I think is is another thing that's kind of driving this market forward now. It's the fact that memory's become so cheap. We have someone in the Ustream chat room asking which flip is the one to get. I have the original flip which is not H D and I have the Flip Minnow HD, so I could kind of compare them. And if you go up to MyMac.com and scroll down the blog side, you'll see that I actually have a video comparison that I did of a graveyard, and I held both cameras, and I shot the same thing. And you can see, you know, you compare A to B, and, and you decide. But honestly, when it, when it comes to the price and the convenience, I would probably go with a non-HD simply because it's got, and I don't know if the, if the image stabilization is built in, or because it's not HD, it's not taking such a high frame rate that it just seems more stable. I like the picture quality on the non-HD for the most part for what I'm recording. And you can pick them up now for 99 bucks. I mean, I saw one at Target for, I think it was 119 bucks, and it was the non-HD version. I think that's fine, and you take an hour's worth of video on it. The HD version, it's a little bit smaller, but not so noticeably so where you're going to go, oh, wow, this is you know a huge difference. Um, it, the picture quality is better, but just the, the, the nauseating, inducing <laughs> jerkiness Jerky. to it. Yeah. Right. It's just like, ugh. I, I think. Now, now, Tim, you have, you have both of these cameras. Yeah. Can you, can you add a, an SD card to either one of them or no. are you limited to what, what it's What's built, built in? Now, the non SD or the non HD one has two gigs of RAM, which would give you one hour of recording. The HD version has four gigs of RAM, but it's still limited to, uh, one hour worth of recording because obviously the file size is much depth. bigger. Right. 
Um, but the other thing that I really wish the flip would allow you to do, and I understand why they don't do this, uh, at least with the, the HD version, is to turn off the HD encoding and just record in, you know, standard def and allow me to record for two hours instead of the one hour limitation. I would like that a lot better. Uh, and another big thing to consider is the original flip, you can actually replace the battery. It took two AA batteries to run it. You don't do that on the flip mini or minnow HD. It's got a built-in battery that charges through your USB port, which is convenient if you're going to be importing your pictures. It's going to charge it at the same time. But, you know, if you're in the middle of, you know, I don't know, you're out filming and you run out of juice, you literally can't do anything else until you plug that in and let it recharge. If you're just running off some batteries, you pop them out, pop them back in, you're good to go for another couple hours. Yeah. So Well, depending on where you are, um, there are plenty of, of... chargers that you can have in your car that have a USB output that'll that'll charge up devices like that. Yeah, the, the problem with the Minnow, though, is that uh, while you're charging it, you can't use it. So, you know, if you have to recharge it, then it's going to be down for an hour or so while you have to recharge the thing. Yep. Uh, someone else is asking, Legion 101, how much record time on the Minnow HD? One hour. Um, all the flips have one hour. It's, you know, depends on how much memory they have. Um whether it's HD or non-HD, but they all record for one hour. And, you know, honestly, for us, Guy at the Macworld Expo, I think an hour worth of video before we have to pull the stuff off of it is plenty. I don't... Yeah, I I don't really think that's such a big deal. I mean, the press room isn't that far away, so we just go and set up in there. And 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 being digital files, it's not like we have to sit there and, and, you know, like we did with, with your Canon GL or some of the older cameras and literally have to... You know, okay, I've got a half hour's worth of video. It's going to take me a half hour to download it into my computer. Right. And with this, it's just, I I expect that we're going to do very quick videos at different booths. It's five minutes here, five minutes there, maybe 10 minutes at a real nice one that we really did, want to, you know. But otherwise, it's just going to be quick hit videos. Get them posted, get them online. Did you see, did, did you see the, uh, the, the schedule that Nemo has? Yes, I have. On Google? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's, it's a little crazy. You're going to be five, very busy, buddies. Exactly. About five minutes is all we're going to have time for at some of these booths. Yeah. So, Victor, what do you like to do the most at Macworld? I know that last year was your your first one, but is it visiting the vendors? Is it meeting other Mac users? What's the attraction for you? Yeah, I think the hallway conversations really were uh, where I got most of my business, actual business done, where I actually uh, created a couple of sponsor uh, opportunities and things like that. It wasn't in the booths. People are working their product. Yep. And so it was really in the hallways. But I, I do like to visit the vendors because, you know, for me, it, it's business. I'm there to bring back something to people who can't be there like I had never been before. That's part of it. And the other part is to, you know, get to meet people like you guys and connect in a different way. There's just nothing like that high bandwidth of face-to-face and having a drink with somebody or whatever. And that's where I think a lot of the magic happened for me. It was like seeing the community come alive. Uh, you know, on the web, I get to see that happening on Twitter, many other places. But there it was palpable in a completely different way. I think we met at a party, didn't we? At the uh, Smile on My Mac party? We did, and then we mostly met outside by the bus stop. Uh, you smoke, Smoking. I smoke, and so that was a place <laughs> that we could do that. <laughs> I know, we're so bad, aren't we? Uh, we're journalists, that's why we smoke. You got, you got to have a, the hat with a little piece of paper in it, and you smoke, then you're a journalist. Right, that's, and it that's, says press. And it says press, yeah. absolutely. Let Mine me take care pump. of... Let me take care of a little bit of business here. It pays for the podcast on the website. Uh, two, two sponsors right now, MacSales.com, Otherworld Computing. If uh, you're looking for a new hard drive, 
I and honestly, guy, this is something that you and I need to talk about. I don't have any external hard drives that I could take with me to MacWorld. They're all full of files. I don't have I don't have enough space to move stuff around. So had I been smart, and since we're so close to the MacWorld Expo, it probably wouldn't get here in time anyways. I should have gone up to MacSales.com and bought a new external Firewire hard drive for all the stuff that we're going to be doing there, all the podcasts that I'm going to want to keep copies of, all right. the videos, all the pictures. Um, just something small, like, you know, a couple hundred gigabytes. Uh, isn't that weird to say a couple hundred <laughs> gigabytes is small now. And I, I, I was at Sam's club. Um, what I think that's like a Costco, uh, on the West coast. Yeah, Same thing. No, yeah. they got some over here too. It's run by Walmart. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love Sam's club. I don't know why there's something, I think it's because they have free trials of all the different foods at the different places, you know? <laughs> don't even have to eat. <laughs> no, you, you go in there hungry and you're like, ugh, I don't want to eat nothing now. Um, although those things are effective. I bought stuff because of that that I wouldn't have never tried before. Uh, but anyways, I was in there and uh, what did I see? Boy, what was it? Um, they had a really good deal. I think it was either a 500 or a one terabyte drive. It was a one terabyte drive at Sam's Club. It was... Uh, Not in an enclosure, right? Just a regular... No, 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 drive? no. In an enclosure. Oh really? One terabyte for I think it was one twenty nine, and I I just stopped and I looked. Now the one drawback was it, it was USB two, but it only had right. one USB two port, so you so couldn't. It was yeah, it wasn't a hub like that one that from MaxSales dot com right. throwing our sponsor name back in there that uh, that I did a review on some time ago. But I came real close to buying that, but I thought you know the problem with that is I either have to hook it up to a hub directly which is going to slow the speed down, or I kill one of my ports on the Mac by plugging it into that. I Give me at least two ports. That way, if I use one in my Mac, I still have another one. You know, I'm not sacrificing one of my ports for one hard drive. But, man, now, a one terabyte for 130 bucks. That, that's amazing to me. Now, I still have that, that two terabyte drive, and I don't have anything on it. And that's got some USB ports on it. Did you want me to bring that to Macworld? Yes, bring it to Macworld. <laughs> what 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 do you got for hard drive space, Victor? Do you go with external drives? Do you yeah. have a lot of internal stuff? Um, what's your Mac setup? Let's start there. Man, you talk about a loaded setup. I, <laughs> uh, my name is Victor, and I'm a you know hard drive holic. <laughs> to be honest with you, I think we um, all. It's so hello, cheap, Victor. <laughs> exactly. Well, here's how. This is how you know right. if you're a, a, a hard drive holic. Do you back anything up to DVD anymore? No. no, nobody does. No, just buy another uh, hard drive, right? Yeah, drive. I have. Uh, but you're a you're a Drobo guy, aren't you, Victor? Uh, yeah, I I have a, I have uh, two Drobos, um, one Firewire so uh, and one USB, um, and that's that, that's just my safe place. But I have I have four terabytes worth of backup space. If that gives you any idea, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, talk about OWC. Just love their stuff. One of my favorite drives that I carry with me all the time is a 320 gig. Mercury on the go FireWire 800. Good you drive. It's just great for my laptop. Yeah. It's just a great drive and I carry it with me anywhere. I have a backup in there, I have a partition. I'm good to go. So, yeah, I have so many hard drives. Anything from the Lassies that I started with when I first bought Max to now uh, Drobo's uh, G drives, uh, you name it. And then, of course, I have, I think, six drives that are just loose that I put onto a holder and I can just, you know, flip them back and forth using uh, one of these uh, carriers uh, and just get access to stuff, do a backup, 
put it yeah, away. What is that carrier? Um, we did a review so of that. It's, yeah, Other World Computer not. has those. Yes, um, they do. I'm so, looking. Hey, there it is. Universal Drive Adapter. That's those it. things are just. I love that. I've got one. Um, unfortunately, it, the one of the cables got cut. I don't. I have no idea how it got cut. Um, so I have to buy another one. They're only like twenty eight bucks at uh, Other World Computing. It, it's so convenient not to have to have uh, an enclosure that you have to swap drives in. And out. If you just need something off one of your old drives, you plug it into this, plug it into the computer, boom, there it is. And then you put it away. And you put it away. It, it's so convenient. Yep. I love that thing. It's Every Mac user should have that, especially if you've got a lot of old drives around. The only thing that it doesn't have that I wish it did, um, and maybe they make one like this but i would like one with scuzzy because i've got some old scuzzy drives ah. <laughs> uh, what i should probably do is just buy another external hard drive and copy all my scuzzy drives to that and just be done with it and get rid of the scuzzies but you know I, i'm kind of a pack rat i've got um no. old zip yeah i know i've got old <laughs> floppies that were copied. That remark. yeah I've, I've got old copies of floppies that i copied to zip that I'd copy to CD, which are now on a DVD, which are now on one of my external FireWire hard drives. <laughs> so it's these files from, you know, way back in 95 that I still have access to, instant access to. Of course, um, he no longer has a program that will actually open those files, but, you know, no, he still I, has I've, the files. I've been pretty good about that. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I kept was correspondence or submissions from authors back in the day, you know, back when my Mac magazine was in DocMaker format which you couldn't open in OS X. Um, when I saw the writing on the wall, I actually went into all those DocMaker files and just exported them all as PDFs. So I've migrated my data forward, which is very important for people to do. Um, of course, we know that backing up is the most important thing to do, just like oh, breaking yeah. up is the hardest thing to do. But backing up is the most important thing to do. If you're not backing up your data, you're going to lose it and it's going to be gone forever, especially your pictures. And I hope, Victor, that you, you hammer people on this on the new photography. Typical, typical. what was it? Typical Shutterbug. Okay. Yep. Make sure you hammer every episode. Back your pictures up. Make sure it's on at least two drives because you will lose your pictures. Um, you you got to keep migrating your programs or the, the, the tools that you might need access to. If it's an old Microsoft... Um, what was it? It's not Office. What was the old one? Microsoft Works. Yeah. If you need some of the old stuff, migrate it now while you're still able to. <laughs> <laughs> because 10 years from now, you might not be able to get some of that old stuff. If you got old Apple Work files or, heaven forbid, old Claire's Works files, uh -huh. you, you got to get that stuff into a format that's going to withstand the test of time. PDF is probably a good bet. Um, Peter or uh, David, what do you think? a good format would be for text files to, to kind of preserve and move forward. Well, for, for text, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's easy to assume that, you know, if it's, if it's stuff that's been created, not Microsoft office to stick with Microsoft office, but that, you know, they've, they keep changing the formats. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's, just, I, I tend to keep all my documents in whatever, you know, whatever program, they were written in and, and uh, you know, I don't, to, the problem is if you convert them, they, you, you'll lose stuff. They'll, you'll lose formatting and you know, that sort of thing. So, um, what about email? If you want to keep old email, uh, Victor, would, do you just keep the old email or do you print those as PDFs or I, you can export them for say uh, FileMaker pro. If you wanted to go that route, how, 
how would you want to keep your old correspondence? Well, with me now, I'm using uh, Google, I use Gmail, and so it basically keeps it for me. I don't have to really do a lot of external archiving of that. I mean, if I ever wanted to, I could uh, send it over to my Mac and, and do it that way. But it just hasn't been a problem in the last three years. I've, I've come to rely on the cloud for that. That may be good. That may not be good. Uh, but so far, it's uh, been pretty foolproof as far as uh, keeping my mail. I've never lost anything, let's put it that way, using uh Gmail personally. There's a there's a great program called, I reviewed it a while back for uh, my Mac called Mail Steward that actually will take your email and turn it into a database um, that's searchable and uh, you know kind of archives it off so you can take it out mail dot app um, and that's a really good solution and it's not it's not terribly expensive either. Are you know, other things that you would, oh I'm sorry no go ahead. One of the things you were talking about as far as uh, you know keeping your stuff. With hard drives being as cheap as they are these days, when a Tiger moved to Leopard, one of the things that I did after I migrated was that I simply took my main hard drive. I have a Mac Pro. You asked what I was using. So I took my Tiger hard drive that had all my applications, everything, and I simply removed that and kept the entire drive as it was. And I have it from the very last day after I migrated. That way, if I ever need to come back to that because I'm trying to get some old files back in old format, I can simply just replace the operating system to Tiger and be right back where I was, you know, at, in October of uh, 2007. So it's a hard drive space is cheap enough that you can literally do that now as we move on from uh, Leopard to Snow Leopard, for example. It's cheap enough that you can literally replace your hard drive and keep your system as it was that day. Guy, what's your Mac? Is your Mac the machine that you're using? Is it the OS that you're on? Or is it the data on that machine? What is Mac OS to you? The past is dead to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, um, for me, it, it, it's if you're if you're asking me why I are you asking me why I use a Mac? No. Wh- what is the Mac to you? Is it is it the data that you're using on the Mac? Is it the machine itself, or is it the operating system? When you think of the Mac, wh- what is it that you're thinking of? Uh, I think for me, it's it's the programs that I'm using and and the way that. The OS basically stays out of my way while I'm while I'm trying to do something. Gotcha. And whether yeah, whether it's audio or video or writing, which I need to do more of because I've really fallen off as far as writing goes. Um, whatever it is that that I need to do, the the Mac OS stays out of my way, and I, I can't say the same thing, you know, because I mean I use Windows at work, and, and it does everything that I need it to do. I, I I don't have any major problems with with Windows. But Windows does have a, a tendency, especially when you're talking about Office, you know, Microsoft Office, to, to to get in to get in the way of the creative process for me. Yeah, I think one one thing actually on that, Tim, uh, the Mac does give you is that it's very easy to move your data and and to manage your data between multiple machines. So if you have a laptop and a desktop, or you have a couple of laptops, it's pretty easy to get. Everything kind of working the same on both machines, have the same software set, have the same data available, share either via mobile me or, or some other service, but shared between multiple machines. The Mac does that so much better than a Windows machine does. If, you, if you've got one desktop Windows machine, then you buy a Windows laptop. The Windows laptop will never look the same as your desktop machine, and um, your data will never be quite the same between the two machines as, easy, as easily as you can do that with a Mac. That's yeah. true. Absolutely. Uh, the other sponsor of this podcast is Posimotion.com. Posimotion makes some great iPhone games uh, and utilities. One of the games that I've been playing lately from them is Pool. Um, 
pool is one of those sports that I used to play a lot of. You ever play pool guy? Is was that oh, a yeah. real game? I used to love. Yeah. I used to have my well, own. We stick. used to have to use rocks. We used to have to use rock and and twigs. We used to have rocks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I had my own stick. Uh, I had. I I, I really liked pool. Uh, in fact, I found my old pool stick in the basement, and it was one of those that would break down right in the middle. But it was still a nice stick, right. and it's it's really warped bad now, and it kind of saddened <laughs> me. But I haven't I haven't played physical pool in God. I don't even know. My wife and I went and played a few times. She likes pool. I like it. But we've got young kids, and it's just not feasible for us to it's go play pool. And and the places that you go to play pool isn't the places that you really take your kids most of the time. Um. So, But I like pool. And so when Posimotion became one of our sponsors, they sent me a free copy of all their different iPhone apps. And I didn't even look at pool at first. But then I started playing it the other day. I won't tell you where in the house I was sitting when I was playing it. But... It, it was. It's a really fun game. Uh, the physics works well. Uh, it it kind of put me back in the mood to actually go play real pool, um, and it lets you play eight ball, uh, nine ball against the computer, or you can play eight or nine ball against somebody else. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't do it over the internet. Over yet, the network, right? But I, that'd be kind of hard to do, I think. That's what I'd really like to see, though. I'd really like to be able to play pool over Wi-Fi even. Um, but, you know, handing the iPhone back and forth to my wife, she had a good time uh, when I wasn't in that certain room playing it again later. And uh, But playing against the iPhone, the iPhone was actually a very challenge uh, to beat. But it, it's a fun game. And, you know, it's one of those that... There's a couple different versions of pool out there now for the iPhone. And I'm not saying this because they're our sponsor, but I've tried two now other than this one, and I like this one from Posimotion the best. It just works, and uh, it doesn't crash, and that seems to be a problem with a lot of iPhone applications right now. They're crashing a lot. Now, this isn't a cheap game. This is a $6 game, five ninety nine, up on the iTunes store, but it's totally worth it. If you're into pool and you enjoy pool, this is the game for you. It could do a little bit better with the English, but, you know, it, it is on the iPhone, so... You, can't expect too much, I don't think. But Tim, I've got a great idea for a new iPhone app. Uh oh, pool with friends. Pool with friends. There you go. Um, but no, thanks for Posi Motion for sponsoring the show and uh, check out Pool. It's a fun game. Five ninety nine. Here's the other thing that you guys want to do: if you have a lot of problems with your iPhone crashing, turn it all the way off, where you actually have to hold down the power button and then slide it to power off and then power it back on. That will cure a lot of the crashing. <clears throat> yeah, but, he, but uh, yeah, I do that. I do that a fair bit. If I start having problems with mine, it's basically as soon as it starts misbehaving, I, I normally do that and it clears it right up. Well, here's something funny. Um, companies like to try to to get me to download and try their their products because they're hoping I'll either talk about it here on the show or I'll write a review up at mymac.com. And I and you know I am starting to get more into it. Um, I won't download it even if they send me the gift certificate thing. If I don't plan on talking about it, or I don't think, ah, there's so many things out there like that already. Um, by the way, that's the end of the commercial. Thanks, Posi Motion. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, what was the name of the game? It's a, it's a really big one that just came out. I'm looking on my, you know, I'm just gonna turn on the iPhone because it's, I know where it's at, and it is. And I'm, am I the only one who thinks that you really need to be able to sort the iPhone? applications better than the way it is now 
or Orlando. I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely uh, I keep my fairly well organized, but I'm very careful about sourcing something as soon as I install it on there. Otherwise, it becomes a nightmare. It is, it's, a, it's a total nightmare. I, I can't stand the way things are just haphazardly placed on the screens. There's no easy, intuitive way to move one application from one screen to another without doing that thing. Come on, scooch over, go over to the next screen. It's it's such a pain. You know what I do? I'll move my iPod application off the iPhone dock itself and then move the application that I want to move to which screen there temporarily. Yeah. Um, that works, but it's kind of a pain in the butt. Even, I wish even if even if they let you do it from iTunes. That, that's exactly what I was going to say. However many screens that I have, you know, scrolling over on my iPhone, show that to me in iTunes and let me drag and drop where I want stuff and yeah. sync it that way, that would be awesome. Uh, but Rolando, that's the one I was going to talk about. Number one right. is probably uh, the mm, – it's, it's hard to – I talked about Warfare Incorporated a couple weeks ago that I, I really, really dug it. I still am really digging that game. It's very challenging. But I really like Rolando too. And I'm not going to say which one's better because I haven't made up my mind. But here was my problem with Rolando. Every time I would launch it, it would crash. I could not play it for like almost a week. So finally I got a hold of him. I said, hey, I, you know, I'd like to review this. I'd like to talk about it. It looks like a fun game. It's not working. It's crashing all the time. They got back with me and they said that they're seeing this problem quite a bit. Here's the fix. So if you guys bought Rolando and you haven't figured out why it's crashing and how to fix it, this is how you fix it. And by the way, this also worked for ToyBot 3, another game that I, I uh, downloaded and I couldn't play because it kept crashing. What you have to do is go into your settings, change the language away from English to whatever, France or French or German. or I went with German. Go Double. back Go back to your home screen, launch the application again. It's going to work, and it did. Quit the game immediately, go back to settings, go back to English, and it should be fine. I did that, and it works great. I don't know that's why weird. that's... Yeah, I know, it's really weird. That's weird. Yeah. But changing the language, launching the game, go back and change the language back, and that cures it. It, it works fine now. Have you seen that yet, Victor? You know, I have seen it, but I don't own it. I've heard that it's just really addicting. So it, I it's, it's really addicting. It's I don't you know what it that. reminds me of. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm with you. I, I'm getting a lot less reading done <laughs> since I started playing go. Rolando and Warcraft or War Warfare Incorporated. Um, I'm behind on my reading list. But here's the thing. Rolando reminds me of the first time I played Super Mario Brothers on the NES. The sense of, wow, this is really cool. Oh, this is what video games could really be. Because up until that point that I played Super Mario Brothers, everything was Pac-Man or Donkey Kong or those kind of things. And it just, it you know, it, it was okay. It was fun. But it, it really wasn't... What's, what, what are you uh, asking, Guy? They're asking you to turn your lights on? Oh, yeah, it's, it's barely all they can see is like <laughs> a silhouette of you, <laughs> and it's like they, they, you look like you're you're podcasting from a cave. Yeah, well, it's no. scary. <laughs> I, I can't right now. I really can't. Um, it's scary. Good. It's scary. It's you don't want to see any more of me than you. What grows behind him? You yeah. want the the whole with. Ustream thing isn't really to watch me. It's to uh, listen to the podcast being recorded live. That's more. No, they want to see you drink Mountain Dew and smoke cigarettes. They, yeah, they, they do. Probably think they probably think we're all sat. <laughs> they probably think we're all sat in the darkness behind you too. Yes, they're all behind me. I I don't let them come out. Um, I wouldn't. Wait. We we flew Victor all. in. We flew David in. Um, but that's what Orlando is like. It's 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 going. 
oh, wow, this is what gaming on the iPhone could be. And the graphics are fantastic. The music is first class. The sound effects are great. The characters feel like that, characters. They they feel, I don't want to say three-dimensional, they feel more real than most of the characters and games that you play on the iPhone. This is, I think, showing Nintendo and Sony that Apple is for real when it comes to a gaming platform. And it's going to be these types of games that's really going to change. Don't get me wrong. I like pool. Uh, I like tic-tac-toe with my daughter. I like playing chess with friends. But I could do that on almost any device. Rolando is one that's showing me, wow, this is this is a game changer. This is setting the bar a little bit higher than it had been set before. And yeah, I mean, Pat, Pat, Pat in the chat room has mentioned that there's a PSV game called Loco Roco that it looks a little bit like. But uh, the difference between Rolando and, and Loco Roco is, of course, you've got, you know, you actually play this game by tipping the iPhone around. It's much more intuitive mm, than using the game. Y- yes. Loco Roco, um, I've played Loco Roco on the PSP. And here, yeah. the funny thing is, I played that well before the iPhone even came out. And I wanted to tip the PSP to make it work. That felt mm. more intuitive. Yeah. That's what you do with this game. And it's a better Loco Roco <laughs> than Loco Roco is. Loco Roco <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it's, it's doing it right. Rolando is a fantastic game. And instead of calling you the player or whatever, it calls you Finger. Hey, Finger, I guess it's just you and me. Um, I like that because that's what you're using to interface with the game. It's your finger. So it refers to you as finger. And I really like it. It's a fun game. It's like you're giving the game, the finger. I'm giving the game, the finger. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Okay. All five. Tim, Tim, I, I, I downloaded the, um, the centipede conversion, uh, this week. Any good? My phone. It's fantastic. And you know why? I mean, just, just because of what you were saying there. The way you control it is, I mean, if anyone's ever played the original game, you used to play it with a trackball. Oh, I hated that. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah, it was, it was really hard. Um, now, with the, with the iPhone version, you just, there's a little section at the bottom of the screen that you put your finger on and you just drag it. And wherever you drag is where the, um, it's where the, the playhead kind of, it, it, it's not underneath your finger, it's above your finger, but it, it moves in synchronization with where your finger goes in this play area. So it's more intuitive. It, it completely intuitive. It completely transforms the game. And, um, you know, again, it just shows really how um, you're having those different types of interfaces to actually interact with the game world really can make a very difference, uh, you know, great difference to the gameplay. Were you, uh, Victor, were you in- skeptical about the iPhone being a game platform because there's no physical buttons? Or No, you- no, no. no? I, I couldn't wait. And, and it's coming uh, to fruition in such a way that I could never imagine. I mean... This phone continues to blow me away just at the moment that I'm just like, okay, so we've reached limitations. And then something like Rolando comes out and takes, you know, the internet by a storm. Or what I, what blew me away in the last month was the application Ocarina. Have you guys seen this? Yes, I have. Yeah. That, I, I don't even know how the, that's magic, dude. That That's magic, dude. I'm a saxophonist from way back and, you know, played. Uh, I can see you playing the sax, too. That's funny that you are a saxophone. I can see you being a saxophonist. Uh, it's all I did for many years and many bars and many stories you'll never hear. That's all I can tell you about that. Uh, but it was incredible. It was like, well, of course, who would have thunk it, you know, to have wind pressure and, and that interface be a part of this phone. So the creativity that's going on here in the developer community is so great because they, they're bringing to the front 
all of the chops that they already have because of being Cocoa developers, and then they're just saying, okay, now I've been given this new playground that I can go nuts in. And it's just it's fascinating to watch the evolution of this uh, device uh, and taking on all commerce. And, and that's not a fanboy. That's the reality of what's happening. Absolutely. In the and this is why the other cell phone companies still don't so get scary. it. They're trying to make the, their, their own version of the iPhone. Right. They're failing miserably, and it's not the hardware. And I think this is what they don't get. It's not the hardware. It's not that it's not the physical look, and it's not that there's no keyboard or buttons. That's not what it is, and they don't get what it is. And I hope that somebody does because I think Apple needs the competition to move the product forward to the next level. But right now, none of them are getting it. But the well, developers none of, are getting it. None of them it. got it for the iPod either, and it was the exact right. same thing. Well, the iPod is a different situation. The iPod taken by itself isn't that much better than any other MP3 player guy. No, it's not. It's, no, it's because not. of iTunes. iTunes right. is what makes the iPod what it is. The ability to it's it's a one stop everything. It's buying music. It's organizing music. It's syncing the music. It's podcasting. It's subscribing to podcasts. Uh, iTunes really at this point. I, I'll start with you, Victor. Uh, this is going way off topic, and I didn't prepare anybody for this, but do you think Apple could sell a machine that's just iTunes? No, 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 no. It's a whole uh, – this is a whole culture that's happening here. It's an all-whole ecosystem, and they're just preparing us. In my humble opinion, this is merely the gateway drug to things to come. I agree. I agree. But, I, but do you think, though, that if Apple came out with a machine that when you turned it on – all flash memory, uh, nine-inch screen, and it's nothing but iTunes. That's all it is. There's no Mac OS X. There's no. It's just iTunes, and all it's used for is to send your data to your Apple TV, to sync your iPhone, your iPod. That's all it is. It's a it's a little media thing. Do you think that would work, or people want the whole computing experience? I think people are demand more than that. They're just the, the attention span is too small for any one single device. That would be uh, saying like an all-in-one stereo, you know, like we used to use in the '70s. Just doesn't cut it anymore. So the, the components uh, are are good, but I think when you have an ecosystem, why you can have what you just said, Tim, and everything else too. So why not? Price. Well, I think that that's going to. Uh, I think that uh, the purchase uh, of Apple of uh, conductor company of you know making their own chipset is going to change that drastically i think in 2009 uh i believe we're going to see products coming out from them um that they own end to end that will uh take care of some of those issues for many yeah, people. a lot of people forget that apple owns a couple different chip companies now and they're not oh, just yeah. they didn't buy those to sit on them i mean they're not yeah, hoping that they're going to appreciate in value there's a reason that apple went and, and made that purchase yeah, PA Semi to me is the sleeper story of the year, yep. and the, the the evolution of that, the impact of it, will be known in 2009, and I think by the middle of the year. Uh, Guy, do you agree with uh, Victor that there's no room for a iTunes-only little box? Yeah, I do agree. I think um, that's that's the kind of functionality that, that they need to build into – uh, Apple TV, or, or at least you know, make it make it a little more apparent than than what it already is. I think that um, a, that Apple is starting to position themselves to 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 really be a major force in the living room, and possibly even have that outshine anything they're doing in computing. And 
the gateway drug to that, as you were talking about, eventually is going to be the Apple TV or whatever the successor to the Apple TV is. Now, you know, part of the problem now is that the, the very name Apple TV kind of is, you know, smelling a fail. So, you know, they, whatever the next device is that they come out with may have a different name, but but that's the direction that they're going. David, Apple can't abandon the Apple TV and that type of technology, can they? I don't think they will do. I I, I disagree with the um, I disagree with the idea that it's smelling a fail. Um, you know, I don't think they've really aggressively promoted it. But uh, you know, I think a lot of people who've bought it are really happy with it as a product. Do you have the Apple um, TV, Victor? Oh yeah, absolutely have it. And I I also disagree. I think uh, Apple TV is uh, another sleeping giant that's uh, about to be awoken. Yeah. It's funny the yeah. the people who don't have the Apple TV, like Guy. Like me, uh, like or the iPhone, <laughs> or the iPhone. Like guy. Um, well, more so the the Apple TV. If you don't have the Apple TV, you don't get it. But once you have the Apple TV, you totally get it, and you're like, "Wow, I have to immediately start converting all my movies and stuff <laughs> and putting it on here because it's just so awesome." Um, I don't know if I said this or not. I am watching The Shield, and The Shield is a show that I knew I was going to enjoy. And I started getting interested in it around season, uh, halfway between, between season three and four, I guess. But I didn't start watching it. I thought, you know what? I know that this is supposedly going to go for seven seasons. What I'm going to do is wait till it's all done. Uh, then I'll get the DVDs and I'll watch all of them. What's happened in the meantime is obviously the Apple TV. I now have all the, all the episodes of The Shield. They're all on my Apple TV. And it makes watching them so much easier. It's, 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 it blows DVDs away. Uh, it remembers where you left off. It's easy to get to. It, mm -hmm. It's just amazing. I, 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 number one, oh, by the way, the show is great. Um, but it, it's just, that's the way to watch TV now. Um, I, I like, you know, the DVR and I like recording the shows that are coming out. But, you know, it, it's kind of like comic books went the same route too. Comic books, what what's big in comics right now is the graphic novel. It's a collection of a series of stories that was, you know, maybe 10 issues. And that's one whole story arc in a comic book, 10 issues. Well, they collect it in a trade paperback and they sell the trade paperback. That's becoming more popular now than it ever was before, because people don't want to buy the individual episodes or issues and, and consume it one at a time. And a month later, there's another one. And a month later, there's another one right, uh, with TV story. series, especially with some shows like Lost that take, you know, six months breaks between episodes. Um, people want to see it when they want to see it. And I think buying it as a complete package, especially with a show like 24, it's just much more entertaining when you can sit down and you can consume three or four episodes and then come back the next day and watch some more. Uh, I think that's the way I think that's going to be the future. I don't know yeah, what, I, I don't know where the, the, the model is for television production houses i don't know how they're going to make money in that kind of you can't have commercials obviously so sure you can why not um you, you, offer, the content, you offer the content basically for free but it's it's ad based and you know and obviously with a revenue model like that you you would have to have drm just so that they couldn't take the ads off and honestly i, I don't really have that that much of a problem with 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 ads as long as the content itself is good or the content itself is free. Like I've been watching this show, uh, Big Bang Theory. They had all of season one on iTunes, and I bought every single one of the episodes. I loved it. Season two, not available. So I've had to get it in 
other ways. So whoever it is, whoever it is that, that, that produces that show, because since I, I'm not at home on Monday nights, so, you know, I'm, I don't get home from Taekwondo until like quarter after eight, eight thirty. So yeah. I missed the show. They've gotten nothing out of me. I'm yeah. perfectly willing to pay for it on iTunes mm-hmm. if they would have it on iTunes. Now, Victor, do you have a uh, DVR at home? I do. I have a DVR that comes with my service or whatever, and I use it occasionally. But uh, now, when I like you use it, seasons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when you use it, don't you like fast forwarding through the commercials? Please, of course. Of yeah. course. That's why I say that, uh, guy. It's not going to work because every device lets you fast forward, and if you record a show, and quite honestly, my wife and I hardly watch any TV that's not already recorded on the DVR, uh, because. We've got kids, you know, and you just right. can't watch whatever you want to when the kids are in the room. Even, I wanna... even without that, Tim, even without that, we will we will quite deliberately wait ten minutes, yes. quarter of an hour, to after a show has yep. started. I've done that too, and then watch it while it's still recording, so we can miss the adverts. Yeah, and everyone does that. So the you know ad based thing isn't going to work unless it's product placement. That's the only thing that's going to work. Well, you know what's not invasive It's if you've tried the Hulu thing, I, the Hulu experience for me has been okay because, you know, they do these uh, in, marked interruptions, uh, 10, 15 seconds. You know, you can't fast forward through them, certainly walk away. Uh, but those I don't mind as much, and they, they do seem um, content-related somewhat. So those I'm willing to live with. I mean, but that's about as far as I'm willing to take it um, in that particular space. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you there. I, I don't mind watching ads, but I, I have to have the content at my disposal when I want to watch it. We're spoiled, let's be honest. And we're all at the age now where we all remember we only had three channels. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and it's either you, you watch Happy or Days, less. All in the Family, or the Jeffersons. That was your three choices. And you had to sit in front of the TV while it was on. And, and we all remember when the VCR first got big. I remember going to rent Rambo. That was the first thing I ever watched on VHS. A friend of mine named Charlie Danick got a v, uh, got a uh, VCR, not a beta. He got the VCR, and uh, we went and rented the first movie. Over we it was the first Ram- no, it was the second Rambo movie. And I remember sitting in his house watching Rambo on tape, thinking, "This is awesome. This is a movie that we could stop and go pee. This is great." <laughs> because up until that point, you couldn't. If you had to go to the bathroom, like, if it, it's a movie. It, you got to hold it. Yeah. That's the high water mark of a good show. Absolutely. <laughs> and then you realize that if you bought a blank tape, you can record stuff and then fast forward through the commercials. We're at the point now where we just take that for granted. So we're very spoiled, but we also appreciate where we've been before. Whereas my kids are like, why are we watching a commercial? <laughs> you know, just, right. and, and my daughter, my five-year-old still doesn't comprehend that if she's watching something in the kitchen, she can't just pause it. She's totally used to being in the living room where, can you pause it for a minute, Dad, while I, you know, go have a bowl of cereal or when I go potty or whatever? And I go, no, honey, you you can't pause it. She's also that generation that doesn't understand that whatever's on the radio is what's on the radio. Wow. Um, Dad, can can you play the, the Shrek 12 Days of Christmas song? No, honey, we're listening to the radio. I didn't bring the iPod. She looks at me like I'm a retard. Like, what? What are you talking about? I what? Just play that song. She doesn't comprehend that this is over the air that you have to listen to whatever they're broadcasting. So there, there's a there's a change afoot. We understand where we've been and where we're going, 
Um, but do you think that the media companies out there, we'll start with you, Victor, do you think the media companies really grasp that change, that uh, the new generation, our kids, aren't used to watching commercials unless they choose to watch the commercials? That They're not used to, a lot of them, especially if they're teenagers, paying for content. They're used to getting it for free on Hulu or uh, BitTorrent or whatever. Uh, yep. Everything is changing. Do you think these businesses are keeping up with the times? And how do you think a company like Apple is going to be able to capitalize on this change? Well, I think Apple is going to capitalize because they're ahead of the curve. But I think that the other hand is that they have to work hand in hand with these big media companies that are just resisting and they're kicking and biting and throwing things and they don't want us to have what we want when we want it. Yeah. Too bad. You, exactly. Like you said, this generation in that it starts to involve us, we're going to get it one way or another. I think we have, I think our generation, the three channel generation, as you called it, that, hey, we're willing to pay for it. You know, sure. we, we've made some money and we're willing to pay. But if you don't even have a way for us to do that, guess what? We have a default, too. For our kids, however, they're not ever even going to know that. They're just like, let me consume. You make it available, and I will go consume. You figure out how you sell me the widget. Not my problem. Yeah. So I, I think they're, they're hurting. I think they are, too. And I think that – do you think that it's simply a matter of when our generation takes over these companies that you're going to see changes, David? Well, I hope so. Uh, I hope that, you know, people will come along and, uh, you know, from, from the – you think you know the guys who've, who've not lived with these monolithic business models, and will say you know there are ways to make money without you know being a slave to the old way of doing things, and um, you know I, I hope they do. I mean I, I had a I had a, a good experience uh, this week. You know we we were see we decided that there was nothing really we really want to see. And, uh, you know, we decided we want to rent a movie. And, uh, you know, within sort of five minutes, we had the uh, Indiana Jones movie that we missed out, out, out during the summer. Um, downloading the Apple TV and watching 10 minutes later. And, and after, I mean, the movie wasn't that great, fortunately. Yeah, I was going to say, you weren't, you weren't yeah. missing too much. <laughs> well, the, but that, the, that was actually part of it. You know, we, we were able to watch the movie in, in our own home on a big screen TV. Right, for a um, lot less than it would have cost you to For a lot less theater. than we would have cost if we, it cost in the theatre. And, and we said afterwards, we said, you know, um, that we would have been pretty pretty annoyed if we'd gone to see that in the theatre and paid quite a lot more money for it, and uh, we didn't really mind. And and the thing is, is we literally decided, uh, you know, in the space of five ten minutes, there's nothing on. We're going to rent a movie, and we just didn't have to go anywhere. We didn't have to do anything, which was so much more convenient. And to me, you know, that that's a real game changer. From, well, not only you know, that, but when, when you when you add in the fact that. Um you know, when you go to a movie theater, even the biggest of them, you you typically have a choice between, let's say, eight to twelve different movies. Right, right. You you fire up the Apple TV, and you know, yeah, I, I was kind of dissing it earlier. You fire up the Apple TV, or you fire up iTunes, you fire up whatever whatever the heck it is that you use, and you've got hundreds of different movies to choose from. Exactly. Or give, yeah, or give me a choice to be able to buy that first run movie the same day it comes out in the theater. But just simply, I'll pay a premium to be able Chances to are you, watch you, that. You, won't, you won't get that. I, I no, not for a while. But, not for a while. But you, but you know what? We both, when my wife and I, both said to ourselves afterwards. We said, you know, with this experience now, we will probably stop going to see movies as much. 
we've mm-hmm. got another baby on the way, it's not going to be convenient, and we'll deliberately right. avoid that because we know we can get them on the TV later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, not have to deal with, uh, you know, the, the kids throwing stuff at the screen and the sticky floors and... I'll give you guys a prime... Talking, e- cell phones going and all that crap. I'll give you pr- right. a prime example of the change. And I don't care what your economic background is, your... Um, uh, uh, your racial background, um, and I can't say this is true for the UK people out there like you, David, but here in the United States, and I know for guys' generation, Victor's generation, and mine, and we're all pretty close in age, so we probably all share this experience. That's right, Sonny. It was one of two things. Um, around Halloween, on a certain day, everybody would gather in front of the TV to watch the Charlie Brown Halloween thing. Right. The same thing at Christmas time. We'd watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special. We'd watch the, the claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and be scared to death by that stupid, abominable snowman again <laughs> every year. And we never missed it. Even though we saw it every year, we still watched it every time it came on. That's different now. We can buy that anytime we want. We can go bit torn it at any time we want. We don't have to plan our day around you know, this Friday, the Friday before Christmas, is when Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer comes on CBS. We don't have yep. to do that anymore. Now, I'm not saying it, it, it was better then or it's better now. I personally think it's better now. But I do think that we kind of lost a little bit of that tradition um, of sitting around with the family to watch that show when it was on. Uh, that that was special to me as a kid. I, it, it, it felt like an event. And sure. I think that we, we've lost that event feeling. Do you agree, Victor? Oh, I absolutely agree, and I, I think that that's happening every day in every way. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, now let's turn to maybe a little darker side of this, is that it's splintering the family. I mean, there isn't that time around the TV, around that event anymore. Everybody's micro-watching what they're watching, when they want to watch it, and uh, there's less uh, commonality there. And I think well, you that know, they, is... they kind of said the same thing about radio when TV was coming up, too, Victor. I, I told you I was old. Yes, <laughs> but but that's still it is different, though, guy. Uh, a prime example uh, from my personal experience. We were watching, I don't know, something here in the living room. My daughter, my five year old, didn't want to watch it. So she asked if she can go watch something in the kitchen. OK, go ahead. You know, it's, that's fine with me. Uh, the 13-year-old decided that she wanted to go watch something else, uh, and she ended up watching stuff on YouTube. So now that there's so much more content, and people like us, all three, uh, all four of us here, we are, we're all content producers. We all, right now we're doing audio, but we also do video on occasion. Um, we also produce this content for people to watch. And the stuff that we're producing is competing directly with what we're talking about, this industry. Now, obviously, we don't compete with them a dollar for dollar, but eventually we will because, let's be honest, Victor, we are the pioneers of this kind of thing, this new media. Uh, we're doing stuff and we're giving it away for free. We encourage it. You know, if you're listening to this podcast and you want somebody else to listen to it, give them a copy. <laughs> you know? Sure. You know, that's yep. that's just the way it is. Our ads are built right into the show, just like yours is, Victor. Um, right. By the way, I, I really enjoyed the uh, Drobo episode. That was good. Um. I learned a lot because I, I was kind of curious about getting a drobo myself, and I was like, "Should I go with the USB one? It's cheaper, or it's uh, uh, not as fast, or is it? You know, the FireWire one's been out. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure. So it really kind of solidified my choice. I think I'm going to go with the USB. 
Um, yeah, that took some serious uh, <laughs> research to yeah. get that right. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I think I, I think that I'm going to go with the USB though. So especially moving forward, but we produce this content for free, and but we're not the only ones producing it. Um, we're kind of doing it more of a professional level. We edit, we make it sound better. But if you like, look at a lot of the stuff up on YouTube, it's just little clips, cell phone clips. It's it's just crap quality, but people are consuming it. And it's all vying for our attention. Our kids are used to that. They, I, they're such micromanagers nowadays that we never would have been at their age, I don't think. But they're growing up with this stuff. Do you see that? Does anybody else see that Apple is kind of at the forefront of this revolution? Or do you think they're kind of following along? They came into the MP3 thing late. Everybody thought, it's why is, why is Apple going to come out with the MP3 player? That, that game's over. Done. I mean, yeah, right. it's, you know... That and nobody it's only had gotten for Mac it right. Users. Nobody had gotten it right. No, but App- Apple's in a pretty strong position because you know they have that whole ecosystem has been proven with the music. I think right. you know they're they're trying to push it into the into the video space, and you know I think they've got a quite a quite a strong product line that that allows them to do that. You know, but uh, Apple also <laughs> lets people like me and Victor and David and Guy produce content. And use exactly the same distribution method, iTunes, as CBS, as PBS, as HBO. Yeah. There's no difference. When when you're on your Apple TV, there's no difference. When you're on your iTunes on your computer, there's no difference. It's all content. So yeah. why isn't anybody else doing this? It, it seems to me that it seems to be a no-brainer. Do you think that Apple is just so dominant now that they're just taking over the market? Do you think there's a place for... Amazon, they're doing pretty well in MP3 sales, but do you think that, I don't know, uh, what's the video rental place? Uh, they Netflix? do uh, Netflix. Amazon Unbox. Uh, that and, and Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. Uh, do you see that there's going to be any serious competition guy, or do you think that Apple's kind of walking away with the prize? Uh, yeah, there's going to be plenty of competition. I mean, we're, we're, these are really just the opening shots of of an overall conflict between uh, old school media and new school media eventually. Cause I mean, like right now all over the world, when you turn on your TV set, you have a, a variety of different channels, but here in the United States, typically no matter pretty much wherever you live, you're going to have, you know, on regular broadcast channels, you're going to have one or two ABC channels, a couple of CBS channels, a couple of NBC channels from one city or another. Um, I think what's going to happen eventually is that there's not going to, you know, they'll still put that stuff out on a schedule, but once it's been played over, you know, over their, their regular broadcast hours, you're going to have something like CBS online, NBC online, ABC online. And you basically, you go and, and it's, you know, kind of like with Hulu, you go, you find the program you want to watch. You've got a little commercial you're going to watch at the end, maybe one inserted sometime in the middle, but it'll be on your schedule as compared to everybody else's. And, you know, maybe it'll be some kind of, of, premium paid channel similar to, you know, the, the movie channels on cable now. You know, the other aspect of that is, while that's true, Guy, David, for instance, without hacking his IP address, can't watch Hulu because of legal reasons, whereas right. well, the, the stuff that we're creating here is being heard all over the planet. 
because and it's was well, because it's still controlled by old media. Exactly. You know, they, they look at they look at a television program or they look at a movie. This is something we created. We want to maximize the amount of money that we can make from it. So we're going to release it in dribs and drabs all over the place, make people pay for it, and eventually we're going to put it out in a DVD or or allow it to be on Hulu or you know what have you. But eventually that's going to go away because what what so many of the old style guys are forgetting is that the Internet really is a global phenomena, and it really doesn't matter where you live. David, it's the David great is equalizer. In the UK, right. The, the Internet you, are, I'm on the yep. East Coast. You're in Michigan. We had a guy we were talking to that was in Saudi Arabia, and this is all happening at the same time. And yep. the, the fact that, that you're going to hold something back because you haven't figured out a way to monetize it in England or in Europe or in Africa or wherever – it, it's ridiculous. It's old school, and eventually it will go away. Victor, what was the first, What was the moment doing your podcast that you realized how vast your uh, reach was? What What was that moment that you thought, "Holy crap, people there are actually hearing me"? Was there a moment like that for you? Well, I think for me it was early uh, this year. Kind of uh, up until that point, uh, I, my numbers had been pretty flat, and all of a sudden they started taking off. Apple helped so much. I mean, I, I've been featured in the front page of technology for the entire year. And and that's what you were saying, that equalizer that put me in the same page, of the same, let's say the same vicinity as someone who wanted to go to NPR. Or we haven't been to, featured yet in uh, plus four years. <laughs> well, I, I don't blame you, them either. It made a huge difference to the numbers. Yeah. And, and But it's something that you have to uh, kind of work at because, I mean, uh, that ecosystem is very much – uh, under the guise of reviews. And so I don't charge for my show. There's one thing I ask for in my show, and that's go tell people what you think about the show in iTunes. Yeah. And that one factor, I have 295 reviews. Has yeah, I think we have 11. <laughs> well, no. there you go. There's yeah. there's a plan for 2009. Well, yeah, but at first. the same time, we, hadn't really, we haven't really been pushing that until, what, last week? Yeah, last week was the first time that I asked anyone to do that. And I'll ask again if anybody's listened to this. Please go up to iTunes and uh, give us a rating, even if it's a bad one. I don't care. Just give us a rating. Uh, let us know. Let let other people you know, you know what you think about the show. We've been doing this since two thousand and four. Um, we're not hurting for numbers. We still get big numbers, but I think that has more to do with we're one of the you know, oldest podcasts out there. Um, and but, we're just such darn nice guys. Yeah, there you go. Right. Um, <laughs> do you think, Victor, that people in our position are more or less corruptible? than the big media companies that are producing content by that. I, I think you figure out what I mean by that. I do figure out what you mean. And I think that we're no less corruptible, but I think that we're more held accountable. Yeah. I think you're by right. The, by the, by the listener. I think that the, the, the community to use that C word that we build uh, is a two way street and they will call us out in a freaking second. Yeah, they will. You know? And they should. And, and, and they should. And I think, and, and we know they should, and I think that's what makes. Um, Do you think that's because we're more accessible? We're just more accessible than uh, you're not going to get hold of the people who produce heroes, right. and, and even if you sent them a letter, they're not going to read it or even care about it. But if someone sends you or I a letter, chances are we're going to. I could tell you for a fact that I'm going to read it unless my junk mail eats it or something. We're going to read right. it and we're going to consider it and we're probably going to respond. Do you think that that well, keeps us more honest than the big guys? Yeah, and the transparency of it. I mean, I just did that entire episode on Drobo, you know, and I had to say up front 
guess what? I mean, Drobo may be a future advertiser. There's something in the works for that. And I had to just be real transparent there. Yep. A and B, I had to spend probably twice as much time researching the content because man, people were going to call me out on it. If I didn't say something that was accurate, we have all these experts that listen to us. Believe me, they got nothing but time to look in the internet and make sure that we were right. Yep. If we're wrong, they're going to unsubscribe. And that'll be the ba- biggest reason that they leave the show will be because we're putting out FUD or just bad information. Yeah, but the flip side of that, Victor, of course, is that you you know, guys in our position get the opportunity to promote the products we really love. That's uh, true. You know, and, and you know, when you actually when you do an ad for, for a company that you really like or for a product that you really like, I mean it it's a lot more real to the listeners because they know that you you're talking about something that's that's genuine. You're not just reading some copy. And I've said this on our show many times in the past. Um, I won't take ad dollars for a product that I don't believe in. Um, for instance, if yeah. Microsoft came to me and they said, we want to advertise the Xbox 360 with you, I'd absolutely take their money because I use the Xbox 360 and I like it. Although, that being said, mine just got the red rings of death for the third time. Not really happy. Again? Again. Oh. Yes. I'm not real oh. pleased about that. Um, but it's still a product that I would like, that I like, and I would advertise it with the the provision that I will say what I don't like about it. Right. By the same token, if they came to me and said, we want to advertise Microsoft Office 08 on the podcast, I'd have to decline because I don't like the program. I think it's buggy. It doesn't work well. I've given my reasons in the past where I'm not happy with that product. Um, I wouldn't take that money. So I think that there's there's a trust there. And I think that when people listen to you and they get to know you, um, they understand that and, and they learn to trust what you're saying. So if you're advertising something like Victor... Hopefully, we'll get the Drobo advertising gig. Um, they know that he's advertising this because he's being paid, but he also uses and likes the product. Yep. And that's much more powerful than a Budweiser commercial in the Super Bowl. Do you agree, And, and that's why we're as corruptible, but but we probably won't go there because of the that we the line, if we cross it, it's going to cost us so much more than that big guy because of, we put ourselves out in a different way. People know who you are, Tim, and they respect what you guys do as a company. Well, same thing with me, I hope. And if I stop doing that, it's going to be so transparent that people will be like, eh, you're yeah. out of here. Next. Yeah. People are listening to us because they have a passion for uh, the technology that we're usually talking about. Although, let's be honest, this show at almost an hour and 20 minutes has been not a whole lot about Apple and more about the, the media and the tech companies and, and that in general. But, well, what's wrong with that? Oh, nothing. But right. what I'm saying is that the people that are listening to us probably have a passion for the same subjects. And so there's a reason that they picked and they chose to listen to us rather than listening to, you know, the next fitness podcast or whatever else is out there. So there's a level of trust that we're placing in the listener to let us know when we're doing something right or wrong. And they're placing their trust in, in their time into us by giving us the feedback and continuing to listen. So with that being said, a couple of little things I've got to wrap up before we uh, sign off of this podcast. We've got one more show next Friday uh, before uh, we head off to Macworld Expo. During the Macworld Expo on Monday, January 5th at 3 o'clock, we will have our podcast listener meetup. We understand that most of the people listening to this podcast won't be there on Monday. Um, and if you are, you're flight's probably coming in too late so we're not expecting a a big crowd or anything 
But if you're in San Francisco on Monday, January 5th at 3 o'clock, come over to Moscone South. Guy's going to, excuse me, Guy's going to be there. I'm going to be yep. there. Um, Probably a few of the other guys. Yeah, I know Mark's going to be there. I know uh, Nemo said he's going to show up. Um, who else was going to be there? I know for a fact Bill Palmer said if, if he can make it, he thinks he can. He's going to be there from iProng Magazine. So if you guys are anywhere around, stop by. It's going to be kind of an informal thing. Hopefully we'll be able to record some stuff for the podcast while we're there. It's just more of a meet and greet and have a good time and then go get a burger or something afterwards. It, it's right. not a big formal thing. It's it's very laid back. Um, what is going to be formal is on Wednesday at one thirty we're going to be at the spec booth doing the Apple quiz. By the way, Guy, I am putting the Apple quiz together now. Uh, oh, very good. The Apple quiz this year, unlike last year, the trivia, when I thought, oh, most people are going to get these trivia questions correct, it's you uh, know, it a convention tough, with Mac users. They're going to get these, no problem. <laughs> we had many yeah. more losers than winners. Yes, we um, did. I was I was really, really kind of surprised by some of the people that, that didn't know the answers to these things. And, you know, we've talked about you know, some of the people that we had on, you know, some people that actually worked for Apple that didn't know. Didn't some know some of these trivia questions. Exactly. Um, this year it's going to be visual. It's going to be a, a product shot and you have to guess what the product is. Now it could be an icon from an application. It could be a splash screen from an application, or it could be a close up of an Apple product or a, a well-known third party object. And you have to guess what it is. Are you just going to like flash it up real quick and have it go away? Or no, is it I'm going to be like a side shot. It's going to be corner of it. Or something? Yes. That's what it's going to be the later. Uh, okay. Guy's yeah. probably going to be holding the laptop that the presentation will be running on and he can wave it around to the crowd. Let everyone see it. Everyone can guess. If you get three correct answers, you're going to win something from the spec booth. If you miss three before you get three, you're out of there. I'm going to so feel like one of those. One of those prices, right? That's right. Yeah. So we're nice stockings. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I will. On uh, so that's on Wednesday at the spec booth, one thirty. The very next day, Thursday, you get another chance at the ProSoft Engineering booth. Same quiz. So if you're there Wednesday and Thursday, and you take it on Wednesday and you don't win, <laughs> come see us Thursday. You'll have another chance. Uh, and if you win, you get something from the ProSoft Engineering Group. So that's where we did the entire week last time. Uh, we were right. there for like an hour and a half every day doing the Apple quiz, only doing it two days this week at the spec booth and the ProSoft booth. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it, Guy. Yeah, well, it's, it's just two great guys to uh, to sponsor the podcast. I mean, both both of them have products that, that you and I and quite a few other Mac users use all the time. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's Putting the quiz together is really fun, and uh, it's I think it's going to be a lot easier, but there's a, there's a few in there which I don't know if people are going to get. Um, well, you'll have to spring it on me on, uh, either what set, are you going to have it done by the time I, I get over to your oh, area yeah, on Saturday? Yep. You'll have to spring it on me and, and we'll take it through a dry run. Uh, and it looked like our, uh, my garage band hiccup there. So I don't know if that recorded that last two seconds, but that's okay. We got to wrap up the show anyways, because right. the wife and the kids are about to walk in the door and, Yay. uh, that's never good for the podcast listeners when they hear the door slam and a five-year-old girl come running in going, Daddy, Daddy! <laughs> or maybe it is. It adds a little flavor to the show, right, Victor? Absolutely. Well, I want to thank Victor very much for coming on the show. Uh, I, I really appreciate it, man. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. And uh, hopefully I'll run into you quite a bit at the Macworld Expo and uh, we'll compare notes and stuff. 
Yeah, absolutely. If I can plug one thing from Macworld absolutely. Expo, if you don't mind. Absolutely. 4 to 5 p.m. on Wednesday uh, over at booth 3036, the Macworld Learning Center. The Mac Roundtable folks are going to get together, and we're going to do a podcast live you know, from the show. Don McAllister, Katie Floyd, Adam Christensen, Ken Ray, Dave Hamilton, Chuck Joyner, you know, cast of thousands. We've had half of those people here on the show now. <laughs> I know. I know yeah. you and have. I'm never invited to any of these things, Victor. No. 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 <laughs> So, so uh, a plug for them. Uh, join us there. It's a great opportunity to meet them and and to meet. Hey, hopefully you guys from my Mac will show up as well, and uh, we can all hang out. Is there a link somewhere on the internet that we can go to to uh, you know, get more information? Because this was just put together like in the last forty eight hours. We'll so put something up on your website and send me a link, and then we'll I'll put it up on mymac.com yeah, we'll and make it. sure people are are uh, in the know and will show up and uh, harass you guys incessantly while you're trying to record. We're excessively harassable, so that's awesome. Let, guy, let, let's let's go and and uh, and uh, I don't know, say rude things and stuff while they're yeah, trying well, to record that, and just every, every single time it. someone tries to make a point, just just play that Darth Vader breathing theme again. <laughs> no, that's not My, loud enough. Yeah, you, you got to well, have something that's. Oh, uh, we we can we can find something to pump it out. <laughs> but just use your big word there, you know, and <laughs> give us some nasty Victor, things. Victor, you're wrong. Right, the big. That's it. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, any Did last? You an email? <laughs> yeah. David, any last thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, just that um, you know, getting excited for the show, uh, for the Mac World show, and we just see what comes out and see how Phil Schiller does. Oh, Phil's going to do great. I don't think anybody's really worried about how what his stage. Pre- and this is not his first Mac World being on stage. Um, I'm looking forward to finding out what Apple releases, of course, but I'm really looking forward to finding out all the, the third-party vendors, the little booth that most people don't go by, finding the, the cool little things that they have. Little uh, booth on the prairie. Little booth on the prairie, absolutely. And that's what the Macworld Expo is all about for me, uh, the third-party vendors and finding the really cool thing, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. We're going to try our best at MyMac.com to bring you the flavor of the show and pictures, video, and podcasts every day. So make sure you visit MyMac.com. All week long, many times during the day, because we're going to be busy producing the content for you guys to enjoy. And because this is Apple's last Macworld Expo, we're going to try to make it extra special. Um, and I think that's important. Uh, and I, I know Victor probably agrees, being the last Macworld Expo, that Apple's going to be that. This is probably the last big Macworld Expo. We just got to make it extra special, Victor. And we shall. So for Guy, Victor, and David, I'm Tim, and thanks for listening to the podcast. And thank you for downloading and listening to the MyMac.com podcast.